Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory at the TSN studios alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And if you missed it last episode, we ranked the organizational 24 and under, but we excluded goalies. And you know us, goalie-friendly show, we would never fully exclude the attendees. So we're doing the same parameters. So no Hogberg, no Nielsen, no Matt Murray. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sense of a two-time cup champ between the pipes, but no, we're focused on the young and the up-and-comers who will take over down the road. So we'll get into all that. Timmy Stutzla picked the number, and on this day in history, we've got one for you. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, October 23rd, recording a little bit later. I had a busy day here at the TSN studio. I'm still in the heart of enemy territory, not in downtown Toronto. Happy to be with you, Pilsy. And it's October 23rd. Does that day sound familiar at all, Sense History? No. How far back are we going here? What's the year? We're going, it's this decade, it's 2014. And that was a year that was largely marked by the disappearance in Ottawa of Daniel Alfredson. It was the only year he played in his career that was not in Ottawa. But on this day in 2014, they played the Ottawa Senators for the first time. Daniel Alfredson did. Do you know how that game would have gone? Sands had to have won, right? Yeah, it was a complete blowout, too, and you love to see that. And I said 2014. It was still October, so it was 2013-13-14 season, but it was a 6-1 blowout. You know who didn't score was Daniel Alfredson, but who did, and that's the much more fun scenario to talk about. Well, Jason Spezza had two goals, but how nice, Pilsy, that Bobby Ryan got on the board against Detroit, the guy who had the huge shoes to fill of Daniel Alfredson. Yeah, you got to love when that happens. And man, imagine if Bobby got signed and Alfie stayed. Oh, that would have been absolutely incredible. But I I had a feeling it had something to do with Alfie. I knew it. Yeah, well, because yesterday it was tweeted out. We missed that one that it was the anniversary of his thousandth point. And he got it in classic Alfie fashion. An empty netter and a hat trick because he's always out there protecting leads. And of course, he would have had two goals. Funny enough, Bobby Ryan's goal in this game we're referencing was assisted by not only Kyle Turris, but Joe Corvo as well in his second tour of duty with the Ottawa Senators. Todd Bertuzzi, the only goal scorer for Detroit in that game, forgot that he had a quick stint in uh, there. And actually, Bobby had two goals. So did Jason Spezza. The other two goal scorers for Ottawa, Eric Griba and Jared Cowan. Hey, are we getting those two 2.0 in Gabranson and Josh Brown? Yeah, basically. I guess uh, who's who? Is Gabranson Cowan? No, I think, yeah, actually, you know what? You're completely right. Gabranson is 100% Cowan in this situation. Does that mean I got to get a Gabranson jersey now to match my Cowan one? No, no. Although, hey, they announced not only Timmy Superstar got his number today, but Gabranson. Any qualm about him taking 44 so quickly after Pager? No, I don't think so. I mean... I think they're two totally different players. And I don't know if Pajot's number is quite up in the echelon where you you come to Ottawa and you can't take 44. I don't think it's quite there. 
No, and it was never going to get retired. I think he's even under a ring of honor. Like, he was a second, third-line player. He had a few huge moments. I feel like he's almost the kind of guy you would do a statue of beforehand because a statue, sure, it symbolizes the player, but it also symbolizes moments. And, the like, imagine a statue of him with his eyes closed, like full wrist shot back, just like he was before he lit up Lungfist for the fourth goal OT winner. In, oh, I was uh, thinking more a statue with two chicken parms, one in each hand. Yeah, that's absolutely sick. And then you could even go so far back as the game against Montreal 2013. But number 44, now Eric Branson's. There's a whole list. We'll run through it quickly, actually. Artem Zubering, number two. Josh Brown is going to wear number three. Timmy Stutzla is going to wear 18. Now, Ach, I want to start there, actually. Axen? Axen, 18. There you go. Any, any surprise by that? Now, we did hear that there were some negative connotations around 88 in Germany. Do you think that had anything to play into this? I, I don't really know. Like the, the first time I heard of that was on Twitter from a couple of comments, but a lot of people were talking about it. So I think, I think if you're in a situation where you're picking a number where one is possibly... Uh, you don't want any ties. Yeah, Let's exactly. I, I think you make sure there's no ties to any sort of uh, controversial numbers. So I think that's why I went with number 18. And you wouldn't expect him to know that. And that's why I, the only thing I didn't like were the people who were getting mad at him for choosing that number. Like th- that's completely out. It's as simple as for some reason, Ottawa retired number eight. That's a story for another show. And I think with the NHL still having no date after the GM meetings that we'll get to later, the way I see it, it was as simple as this. They didn't have eight available for him. Frank Finnegan, stick taps to you, sir. You know, Frank Finnegan, by the way, I looked him up. Only two 20-goal seasons. Doesn't really impress me that much. Glue but, guy. Big yeah. glue guy. Nicknamed the Shawville Express. And we love people from Shawville, Brian Murray included. So, no 88 or no eight. So, he just goes to 88. I think that that's as simple as his mindset was. And he did mention on Ottawa Radio that he, he picked 88. So something had to have changed. So you got to think that that has to play a role in this, but 18 looks so sharp. The only Hall of Famer skater, I know you're going to mention Dominic Hasek, the only Hall of Fame skater to play with the Ottawa Senators until Zdeno Chera is inducted is number 18, Marion Hossa. Does that kind of see a, maybe a, a player profile you hope one day Tim Stutzla becomes? I don't think Tim Stutz is going to have Marion Hosts' defensive acumen, maybe on the offensive side, but on, on the other way, I don't think it's going to quite add up. What, what do you think about 98? What if he went with 98? Nah. I think that would have been cool. I don't like the super high numbers. Anything in the 90s doesn't really sit well with me. 91, the exception, I think that's a sharp number. A lot of guys pull it off. It's a fake but- 19. Yeah, exactly. You just flip it. And I mean, who probably made that famous? You got to think it was a situation where Joe Sackick, I think, wore it in the Olympics because Stevie, Stevie Y wore 19. I think that's where it got its fame, I want to say, because in, in the 02 Olympics, when Canada got rid of that 50-year drought, that was Joe Sackick wearing number 91, and he was awesome in those Olympics. But yeah, above that, like I know a few guys, like Sergachev's wears 98. Of course, McDavid, among others. Well, now Joe Thornton wears 97. And no, I, I, would, I like the traditional number, especially how the other guys are doing that in Ottawa as well. If Ottawa had a bunch of guys wearing high numbers, I'd be like, sure, whatever. But when you even saw Willannon switch from 86, he's another one um, that we should mention on this list, that he switched down to number 24 and Drake's 19 and Norris, although he wore 37, he will take over number nine from Bobby Ryan. I would be so shocked if he doesn't at the NHL level. And then you got Brady who set the tone 
at number seven. Now, there is one exception. Thomas Shabbat never changed to his junior number, number five. He stayed up at 72. But I like 72 as well. I think that's a sharp-looking jersey. Yeah, I mean, I like the higher numbers for the younger guys. I think it's uh, kind of a, a new generation uh, style. But, uh, hey, I'm not going to get mad at the classic low numbers, too. Yeah, I remember that it was uh, Brian Burke in Anaheim used to make sure that the young players wore a high number so they knew that they weren't totally there yet. And then once they made their impact, he made them change to a low number. That happened with Bobby Ryan, number 54 to 9, among a bunch of other players. But guys who don't quite have numbers at the NHL level will be coming up in our goalie rankings in the system. Under 24, hey, a few of these guys aren't even signed, but they all have potential. Just like Built Bar has the potential to make you feel great after a workout. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they're soft, they're easy to chew, they're 100% covered in chocolate, and Pillsy, we'll get to your pick of the week in a minute, but the fact that you have so much variety that I feel like we have been spelling the good name of Bilt Bar for this long, I don't know if you've repeated the same flavor once. That's because Bilt Bar comes in 16 different flavors, eight with nuts, eight without nuts. They're great for the health-conscious guy, too. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And I say, guy, girls love Built Bars as well. They're low calories, low sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. And this is where I always kick it over for Pillsy's Pick of the Week. I think this will be a repeat, but I'm, I'm going to do it because this is the one I had today, and it was delicious, and I already got into a little German. So it's got to be Deutsche Schokoladkuchen, German chocolate cake delicious flavor again this is another one if you're a chocolate lover you get chocolate wrapped with chocolate cake it's a match made in heaven so go to builtbar.com right now and use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order of built bar built bar it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar builtbar.com promo code locked on that gets you ten dollars off your first order Pillsy, how do you want to do this ranking? Same as last one, we'll go start to bottom. Or since there's only a few on this list, should we work our way up to the number one position? Let's work our way up. Okay, mix it up a little bit. I like that. After starting at one, let's start at what number is it? I'm trying to do some quick math here. Are we going down from six? Five. Five. All right, because Hogberg aged out. So I mentioned off the top, just a reminder, Hogberg, Nielsen, Matt Murray, not on this list. Who is number five on your goalie rankings? This is our newest goalie to the crew. Levi Marilainen is number five. And I think mostly he's number five just because he's the newest and youngest. I, I don't think necessarily that he's the lowest skill. And I mean, geez, we're just finding out about this guy. So we're just scratching the surface on what he can do. But let's go with what we know. He's six and one already in U20 in Finland with Karpat. He's got a 9-11 save percentage. So he, he's looking pretty good so far. And, I mean, he's only 18. He's got lots of time to grow. Yeah, and the thing about Marilinen and you and I, this is going to be one combined list of our send Central positioning. And so, therefore, I have him at number five as well. But what I love about him is the raw potential. He's lanky, only 160 pounds at six foot two, And he turned 18 two months ago. This is about as young of a player as you can get in the draft. And because he's playing overseas, you hold on to his rights for longer. So he has the ability to move up these rankings, but it's not a slight on him that he's starting here. He's the youngest, the least experienced, and 
doesn't have the quite the pedigree, which you get over time as the guys above him on the list. So Marilyn, a guy we'll spend more time on as his career progresses, but let's move up. I think all four of these goalies have a chance to play in the NHL within the next three seasons. And one of them still being in junior, that might be a big jump, but I'm convinced. Who do we have at number four? Well, this is interesting because you could probably flip it either way, but I'm going with Mandelise at number four. And man, when you're the fourth best goalie in a prospect system and you just won goalie of the year for your league, that shows you how deep this goalie prospect pool is. And sure, maybe there's not that prize jewel uh, in this prospect pool that's going to be an elite number one starter, but there is so much potential. And Mandelise, we had him on the pod. If you missed that episode, go way back and look for that one. I don't even remember where that was. But Middle of quarantine for sure. I want to say early May. Right after he signed. Yeah, it was after he signed, and that's when all the leagues kind of announced that they were done. But yeah. I know, just look back, whenever he won goalie of the Q year, he was on the show that week. Yep, exactly. And I think he's probably the starter in Brampton next season. If Brampton happens, I hadn't heard, uh, haven't heard too much about the ECHL. And in about five years' time, I see him battling for the Belleville crease with our next goalie that we're going to get into. Yeah, but I want to touch on Mandelise as well. I love that he mentioned he is a big Jean-Sebastien Jaguer guy. I'm not going to ruin the story, but he's got a great personal story about Jaguer growing up in Montreal. But I look at his numbers, and he's another big goalie, 6'4", and still room to grow. But every year, he got a bit better, and a little bit better, and a little bit better, until he got a 9.25 save percentage this year with a great 26-8-1 record. Now, to have his career progress, like his first three years in the queue were under 900 save percentage. Now... The Q is a very offensive league. We'll start with that. It's not every goalie has over 900 like you see in the OHL and, and even to an extent the WHL as well. So that high scoring does have a bit of an impact, but I look at him as just a guy who got experience in the playoffs last year with 11 games played, and he just rolled that right into this season. So I can't wait to watch him turn pro I'm excited that he's going to be the guy to start in Brampton because it'll give him an opportunity to get in a rhythm of playing games and to come in at the pro level much like we saw from Dak last year it's going to be great for his development yeah and people you may uh, knock Brampton it's an ECHL team maybe it's not where you want to be but if you're a goalie being in the east coast is actually really really difficult because you're looking at less less skilled defenders so that you're getting way more crazy chances and the couple games that I saw Hogberg play in Brampton it was just crazy the amount of rebounds two-on-ones he had a penalty shot like it's a gong show down there so if you're a goalie you really have to step your game up because you can't be relying on your defenders otherwise it's not going to look pretty for you yeah I'm going to reference something that two people have been on the show recently that we really hold in high regard and Scott Wheeler had an amazing article he spent a road trip with the Brampton Beast yeah. so he saw firsthand and go read that story in the athletic it is not that much fun but what is is playing and that's where Craig Button told us that yeah drafting goalies is great if you have a place for them to play so knowing that he's going to get starts there great for his development he is at number four he also happens to be the third youngest on this list so I'm curious to see where Mad Sogard fall is he at number three or even higher for you I've got Sogard at three I like that so tell me why yeah, so 
He's he's had two decent seasons in Medicine Hat. I mean, like you said, you can't look at junior numbers with too fine of a microscope because the scoring is just ridiculous in some of these leagues. I mean, the dub isn't as bad as the Q, but he's still getting wins and he's playing on a decent team with the Tigers. So he, he's played well. And the size that this kid has a six foot seven frame. Woo. Yeah. And it's one of those things where we said where they're going to be in five years time. We'll use the same outlook as we did for the players. And I don't think he's going to be ready in five years. I think that he is going to need some time to grow into like, again, we're keep talking about lanky it's 200 pounds. You see from like, a six-foot player sometimes. He's six, seven, 200 pounds. And you mentioned don't look at junior numbers. Don't look at his world junior numbers with Denmark, albeit I'm sure his shots on goal were astronomical, but an 802 save percentage in five games at the world juniors certainly does stand out. But here's a guy with all the athletic tools that you could ask for in a player. He came over and played a year in the NAHL, which is like junior B basically level quality, but it showed a willingness to come over to North America. And I don't think that can be undersold in this situation either. He's a guy who will probably play for Brampton as well. Slow and steady wins the race. And that's the case with Matt Sogart. You traded up to get him in the second round. You have high hopes for him. Now don't rush him. Let him grow. And in seven years, we could be talking about him as the starter for this sense team. Yeah, I don't think that's too crazy. Like in, in a five-year timeline, I've got him battling with Mandalazy for the Belleville starting job. I don't think he's quite there yet. Maybe he's got a little taste of uh, NHL action, a game or two here to, to replace some injured guys or if uh, something happens. But yeah, I see Sogard in about five years' time still working on his game in Belleville and him and Mandalazy are kind of tied at the hip together. Yeah, they always will be, and it's going to be interesting to see which one kind of pulls ahead because I think you could flip at this point for a five-year outlook. You could flip Mandalazy and uh, Mad Sogart, and I wouldn't have a problem. I wouldn't debate you either way. But now we get extremely interesting because I don't know where you're going, but I'm going to agree with you either way. Can you confirm? that Philip Gustafson is number two on this list. Oh, come on. You know it is. You know it is. We've been clear who our number one is. Sorry for the spoilers. But at number two, hey, this is a fine consolation prize. If Philip Gustafson is the second best goalie in your goalie prospect pool, you're looking pretty good. And it's tough for everyone over here because the three seasons that he's been in North America have not been good. Even in Brampton, he played a couple games there and the numbers were pretty bad. But... Mm -mm. Back in Sweden, Sens in Europe, he is killing it. He, according to Sens prospects, go follow him. He's won back-to-back -back starts, and he's now at a 3-1-1 one one record with a 9-3-4 save percentage and a 1.78 goals against average in six games played. So how do you like those numbers, Ross? I love those numbers. I actually think that it's going to be a huge benefit for his confidence. Now, where I am a, a bit hesitant is it's not the SHL. This is a lower level league and it's not a league comparable to the AHL. It's closer to the East coast league. So show me I'm next situation. How many times did we bet on Belleville to win the first period and he would let in a goal and then Belleville would storm back and win four, two. Yeah. Like, those, those did cost us a couple times, but Ross, I, you make a good point. It's not the SHL, but that's fine. What is the number one thing we always talk about Gustafson with mental confidence? 
get him in a lower league, get him feeling good about himself again, get him trusting himself and uh, his methods and his mentalities, and then maybe he comes over to North America and he gets a big boost. I'm, I'm cheering for him. Don't get me wrong, but there's just so many times where I've seen it with my own eyes and my bank account has suffered because he couldn't stop pucks early in the game. And yeah, you can say, yeah, it takes a minute to settle in, but I need him to be ready at the drop of the puck. If he can fix the first five minutes of a game, he then settles in and he's fine. He doesn't play the puck necessarily as well as Joey, and I don't think anyone on this list does, but there are areas where I like him. He's technically sound. He's very good at moving laterally, but one, it's his shakiness, and two, he does get beat upstairs uh, quite a bit, and he's the shortest of all the guys on this list as well. And that's saying something because they are all six four and taller. Joey, I think, closer to six two, but he's barely six feet, I think, off skate. Yeah, he's six foot one. Keep in mind though, Ross, people always forget this. He's only twenty-two years old. He's yeah, got it feels uh, like he's, he's been in the system forever because they they brought him in. Like, think of all the rebuild pieces that have come in. He was one of the first, the Derek Broussard yep. trade. And they brought him over pretty much right away uh, to play a couple games in Belleville. So yeah, remember they had Duffy interview him at the Sens game. Yeah, he was like right off the plane. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, so don't give up on Philip Gustafson yet, guys. I think there's a lot more time and a lot more potential to be unlocked here. Where potential has been unlocked was in year three at Arizona State for Joey Decord. Why is he head and shoulders number one on this list? It's it's so clear, like, hashtag goalie-friendly show. We're both goalies. We know what it takes. If you understand the goalie position, take five minutes. Watch Joey Decord in warm-ups, and you'll understand what this kid is about. He is precise. He is smooth. His positioning is great. He doesn't give up big rebounds. Like, he, he may not be the biggest, fastest, uh, most skilled goalie, but I'll tell you one thing he doesn't do a lot of, and that's make mistakes. You hardly ever see Joey Decord kick a rebound right out to uh, an opponent player and it get buried. You hardly see him drop a glove save. Like He plays such a sound game, so you can only go up from here. I think he's only going to get better. But where he also excels, and it's bound to happen, especially at the AHL, there's tons of scramble plays. He is athletic enough to make recovery saves that aren't easy. He had a few reach-back saves where he's like, oh, yeah, it's in my glove. And he plays with a certain level of cockiness that I always strive to play to, but I wasn't good enough to do it. He can. He's making saves. And that exudes confidence to the entire team. They're like, oh, yeah, we can give a two-on-one if it means maybe having an offensive scoring chance because Joey's back there and he's going to make a huge kick save. And, man, this is why you need guys with good face-off percentages. And Josh Norris is just that. How many times on point shots is he able, instead of getting a pad on it, he's able to move his stick and it just goes up and into the into the netting. You get, yeah, it's a defensive zone faceoff, but you get a breather and guys aren't running around as much. And it's that calm demeanor that Joey Decord brings to the game that is going to be the main reason, along with all of his other skills, that he is a everyday NHLer. I say by the end if he has to by, by the trade deadline, but if not, 2021-22, he's a full-time NHLer. So what happens to Hogberg in that scenario? He will be where the Kraken Farm team is, which I believe is in Henderson. Palm Beach. Oh, oh yeah, Henderson's Vegas, yeah. Henderson's Vegas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for, for me, uh, Joey Decord, he projects to be a really good backup and possibly a 1B. That's where I see Joey Decord uh, projecting. And, man, if... 
if he can snag either two of those positions, damn, is that impressive for a guy drafted at 199th overall. Yeah, just like Tom Brady, and he would be the first to tell you that. But with Joey Decord, too, I mentioned it a little bit, but I don't think it gets enough credit that he's basically a third defenseman out there at times. He is, A, aggressive, but we've seen that before with Craig Anderson. Aggressiveness not always equal to good at playing the puck, but with Joey Decord, that's not the case. Yeah, and I like how you say he's kind of like a third defenseman back there knocking pucks uh, out and getting face-offs. Well, but like, also, if also- you dump it in, he can make a long pass, too. We've seen him make a couple decent passes. Like, I'm not talking red line, but he can go uh, from behind the net to the blue line with a nice crisp pass that gets the transition going. There's also a few times where you've seen him where he'll come out and charge the puck close to the dots and then start C-cutting backwards. And it's almost like, speaking of Tom Brady... He's like a quarterback dropping back in the pocket and waiting for a receiver to become open. I love the way he thinks the game. And you're like, wait, goalies, hockey IQ, like just stop the puck. No, there's a lot more intricacy into reading plays. And that's what made Craig Anderson so great. That guy could read plays like nobody else in the league. And that's what made his old school style work. But Joey Decord just has all these pieces that I'm so excited to watch develop because to me, he's an A-level prospect. I want to get so much more, Pilsy, and go, we'll tweet out the list at Send Central. Argue with us. Tweet us your list. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. We're happy to have the conversation. Locked on Senators. Daily home for Send's content. Pilsy, before we go, great article from Bruce Garriock we saw on Colin White, and I want to get more into it with you tomorrow as we also welcome on our Send Central citizen, but I'll just ask you point blank. Is Colin White going to double his production? of this season where he only had 20 some points double. That's interesting. Is 4.65. He better be making, he better be putting up 40 points. Is he going to have more points? Absolutely. hundred percent double. That's, that's a really hard step to take to double your points. Sure. He had 40 some points, but that was with Mark stone. Let's keep that in mind. And I see Colin white changing his game to focusing more on his two way ability. I think you saw maybe his score, his scoring and playmaking ability lacked a little last season. And it I needs think, to get up to a bit better than it was, though. That's not acceptable. Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Will he get more points? 100%. Not, not a doubt in my mind he'll get more points. But I think – I don't know if he's going to crack the 40-point mark next year. I think he's going to be high 30s, maybe low 40s, because he's going to be working on his two-way game while other guys like Dadnov – uh, possibly Stutzla, Kachuk, all these guys are going to be putting the puck in the back of the net, and he's going to be the one making sure it doesn't go in his own net. As long as he's a plus player, or at least hovering around even, I'll be much happier than his minus 24, and then this past year, minus 12 would indicate. I also need to see double-digit goals out of him after only having seven now. Shortened season, he played 61 games, and I would hope he would have had three goals in the final 15 games, but Pilsy, he needs to contribute offensively. Definitely. And, but I think, and uh, yeah, we won't get too much into Gary Ock's article, but he was dealing with a hip injury for quite a while and he was forced to come back sooner than he should have because of the, the limited is a jet is a kind word. The limited roster the senators had at that point, he he went down to Belva and only played one game when he was supposed to spend two weeks there. So he, he was forced to do a lot of things he wasn't ready for. So I think he's healthy. He's stronger. He's going to have a bounce back season. I don't think we're asking too much of him though. If you look back at his, his history playing, this is a guy who had seven goals in seven games at the world juniors. You think any other sense guys who've done that? Yeah. Mark Stone and Drake Batherson. 
decent company to be in there. And the year before that, he had seven points in seven games at the World Juniors. So 15 points in 14 games over those two years. Sens fans saw that and were like, man, we got an offensive dynamo. And he was lighting it up at Boston College, well over a point per game as a freshman 19-year-old there. So he's shown me in the past. That's why we're just holding him to a high standard as a first-round pick. Other guys, yeah, you're 21, 22, have growing pains, but Colin White, this guy has the tools, and he's a great deflector. He's good at getting the net. He's getting bigger. I, I am happy you mentioned the hip injury, though. That's not easy to get past, and I hope he's 100% healthy when he does come back. Uh, Pilsy, any final notes from you, or we'll save him for tomorrow on our Send Central Citizen Saturday episode. Let's save for tomorrow. I think the power is going to go out here any second. There's tornado and hail storms all over the place. So let's get this one out. Yeah, it's been a, a long day for me too here. I've been at TSN now going on about 13 hours. So uh, bringing my, my Yeti microphone here was kind of funny. I'm in the backup studio, but uh, the guys on Overdrive are still connected here. So Our old um, studio. Our old studio. Yeah, this is where we interviewed Christoph Schubert. Uh, among others. So it's nice to be back in the old stomping grounds, uh, obviously still socially distanced and all that, because we want to do anything it takes to get hockey back. I think I also teased the board of governors, but we'll save that for tomorrow too. So big show planned and I'm not going to spoil, but we've got a really fun, energetic Send Central Citizen. So you have to stay tuned for that. I'm Ross Levitan. That's Brandon Pillar. You've been listening to the Locked On Senators podcast, where we've got your team 